Thanks for staying with me. Remember, this is the 20th year of the radio station, mytalk1071.com. So that means it's the 20th year for my show, too. Hey. That's something. I just still can't believe it. <laughs> hey, word banana comes from England, Portuguese, Italian, or Arabic? Uh, Portuguese, maybe. <laughs> I'm going with that. <laughs> okay, and you're staying with that. And it's wrong. It's Arabic. Arabic. Yes, hmm. even though... There are some sources that say word bananas comes from Portuguese. It most likely to be true that it actually comes from Arabic. In Arabic language, word ban, B-A-N-A-N, can be um, translated as a finger. Okay, we and we have always learned that a cluster of bananas is called a hand, while each banana inside it is called a finger. Oh, didn't know that. So there you go. You know, there you go. Love my bananas. <laughs> okay, uh, don't forget. Hey, let's go. 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071 with your questions. It'd be greatly appreciated. And who's up next? All right. We have Sue on the line. All and right. she has a question on separation anxiety. Ooh, a lot of dogs are dealing with that, especially with COVID. Hey, Sue, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Katie. How about you? Good, good. So what kind of puppy are we talking about? Well, I have a 16-year-old puggle that, um, I'll give you a real quick background. Yes, COVID made us even closer than we were before um, with me working from home. And he was recently diagnosed with a collapsed trachea, so he's on some drugs now. Yep. But this poor guy, I can't leave the room. I mean, he looks for me all the time. Mm -hmm. Um. I, he has to know where I am all the time. If I go upstairs, he'll sit at the bottom of the stairs and whine. Mm-hmm. The thing that breaks my heart is when I have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I've left the TV on for him, but I can hear him howling in his bed. Oh, yeah. I know, and it's just, you know, the sight's going, the hearing's going. Yep. I, I know he's declining, you know, like he's my best friend. Right. He's just breaking my heart. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I got to leave sometimes. Okay. A couple of things that you can try. Uh, mm-hmm. Take a, like a, a shirt of yours, you know, wear it for okay. a day or whatever, and then put that on his bed. So he's, when he goes to the bed, your smell is right there. Okay. okay. And so, you know, obviously you can rotate that once a week, you know, you're putting a sure. different new a different old, old shirt on, you know, type yeah. thing. <laughs> but anyway, so that helps a lot of dogs because even though they can't smell or see as well, that yeah. it is kind of like I get to snuggle with mom, right? Okay. And then another okay. thing, and you know, as far as like the TV and, and the, that, because when their hearing is decline, you know, yeah. they may not hear much of it. It's more for us that we feel like they're not alone. <laughs> they right. have, and, they, and they do hear like different pitches at times, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that that's what I, I would lean more more towards what I would do is do this during the course of the week. Now, have you ever, has uh, this dog ever been kenneled? No. Okay. No. Uh, because then what I would do is during the week while you're, when you are home, mm-hmm. wherever his bed is, start putting, you know, your old shirt with your smell on it and see if he's like, you'll find him on it. You know, even okay. though you are walking from room to room, he's okay. okay with being curled up with your scent on that bed of his. All right. Okay. And then and what you can do is you can pick him up if he's following you and just put him back yeah. in the bed and just stand uh-huh. there for a little bit, pet him for a little bit. So you can just kind of see him relax. Yeah. And then when he starts sniffing the bed, mm-hmm. then just kind of slowly back off. 
right? Okay. And so okay. just kind of try that, you know, to try yeah. to help him. And you could do a couple of uh, places in the house if you have a couple places that are his favorite. Then, well, he's got multiple beds. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, like I say, just take multiple old clothes because sure. all you have to do sure. is take, you know, so it doesn't even have to be your clothes per se. You know, like I say, work for a couple hours or whatever and then rub it all over you and then put it on his yeah. bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And so, but that's the main thing so that he's, because right now as they get older, you know, when they lose their hearing and their sight, they depend so much on their smell that their mm-hmm. hi- their smell is even more heightened even though they have a good smell anyway. And so yeah. that's why, like, if he's got, like, you in a couple different places in the house as he's wandering okay. looking for you, that that might help him just kind of like, oh, she's here. Well, she's here. Kind and of. it's only me. Yeah. I mean, he could care less if any of the other family yep. is around. Yep, you're his, you're his human. So I am. You are the human. Yep. Do you think that you know he's on um this he's on an opioid now for his trachea. Yeah. Does that have it? Would that increase any he could, type of separation? Definitely, he could be having some nightmares or something like that. Restlessness. Yeah. yeah. And so okay. what you can try is um, Amy. Uh, I don't know if it's a- Amy Williams DeLong or Amy Williams. Let's see, uh, Amy DeLong Williams. I can't can't remember. Amy A M Y. And then uh-huh. DeLong is D-E-L-O-N-G. And so, like, it's either Amy Williams DeLong or Amy DeLongWilliams dot com. <laughs> and she's okay. kind of the guru of oils, all right? Oh, and so okay. she might be able to concoct a concoction for that you can put, like, uh, what you usually do is you put a little bit on your hands, and then you just mm-hmm. kind of go along the sides of their face, you know, yeah. with it. And so that, that will help that smell to take away any anxieties and such like that. But you want to give her the, the meds that she that he is on does he seem like he's gotten worse since he's been on the meds um you know it, it's hard to say i think sometimes but i just think it's like the perfect storm you know i was home all the time yep. mm-hmm. and now i'm retired and now i think his little legs aren't as strong as they are i think he just feels real vulnerable yeah you know oh, definitely. It's like he just yeah, He's as, looking for mom. All right, as they're as as they're failing their hearing and their eyesight. Yeah, you know that that they do is is they need comfort and some. Yeah. you know some dogs need more, and so they're constantly looking for you. And that, but that's why, yeah. like I say, by putting you around the house, so yeah, as he's walking sure around the house looking for you, that he does find something of you, and yeah. so that he that might just oh okay, it's not the real warm one, but okay, I, maybe I can be yeah. okay with this. <laughs> I know, I, I know. You know, I'm planning a trip for like ten days, and I don't want him to. <laughs> yeah, I have loneliness. Yeah, but then make on, sure you got some. Try yeah, that. Now. Make sure then, yeah, before you go, you yep, know that you yep. really get some yourself oiled into some yep. clothes. <laughs> I will. I but, will. But like, yeah. say during the day, you know, just kind of like pick him up and just kind of put him in one of his beds. You know, just uh-huh. kind of stand there and just pat him a little bit and just slowly yeah. back off because when he starts sniffing the bed, that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Okay, and okay. then just slowly okay. kind of back off. And just by you placing him in there, and then hopefully he'll get more relaxed with that. And then yeah. hopefully he won't be yeah. following you around as much. And that's what we're after here. Okay, okay I'll you, try it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Okay, <laughs> that sounds like a wiener. I appreciate that. Okay. okay. All right, thanks, okay. Good luck, kiddo. Take care. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, anytime, uh, like, your dog is having some separation anxiety, whether you use a kennel or whatever, the best thing you can do is take some of your old clothes and then wear them for a day while they fit. Otherwise, just kind of rub yourself on them for a while, sit on them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever type thing, and uh, then put that in the in the kennel or, like, in the dog's bed because every you know, the dog, the main thing of the world is to a dog is through their nose. You know, that's, you know, just like even humans, though, you know, certain smells bring back really big 
memories. I mean, things that you haven't thought about forever, and all of a sudden you get a whiff of something, and all these memories come flying back. And that's why, but, and so that's why the sniffer is a huge help. Again, uh, it can be a helper or a hinder. <laughs> but, um, because if you smell something really rancid, you don't want to smell that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's why you, by having, uh, like when, uh, a lot of kennels won't allow people to bring things in, uh, from the, the person's house. Cause what the kennels are worried about is somebody bringing something in that has fleas, whether it's, uh, you know, a bed, whether it's toys, whatever type thing, or, or a towel or something like that. They're worried about, you know, bringing in fleas into their kennel. And so that's why, you know, especially with older ones and such like that, I really wish that you'd look into like there's rover.com. You know, and that's where other old dog owners, you watch my dog when I go and I'll watch your dog when you go. And so uh, there's just so many different, there's different people. You can talk to people at church. There might be somebody that's, you know, that babysits dogs, you know, instead of going to a kennel. Because the old dogs don't understand going to a kennel when they're older. So that's really important to either find a house sitter when you leave or then find somebody that they don't can come in or that that dog can go to their house. But the biggest thing is, is to give them some clothes that you wore uh, that has your scent on it to make it more cozy for them. And then you make sure, I don't tell the people or whoever's, I don't care if the dog pees on this or whatever, do not wash it under any circumstances. Okay, because then it's going to wash out the smells that, you, you know, even uh, that the, the dog has been so endearing, endearing themselves to. And that goes with cats too at times. And many uh, cats, if you give them an article of clothing for you when you're gone, they will curl up, you know, on that. And so that's why, like I say, smell is a powerful thing. So use that to your advantage is what you want. Okay. And then now getting back to finicky eaters. All right. As far as uh, you remember now, when you go to doctor it up, you just change the smell of that food. And that's why the dog's going to eat it. And so that's why if you learn to buy smaller bags, smaller stuff and rotate more often, you're not going to have that pot with a finicky either. Most dogs is after three days. The first three days, they love it. The fourth day, they're kind of starting to, eh. Now, you remember in 2007, the melamine poisoning that killed a lot of dogs, uh, both the cats and dogs. And the dogs are, and the cats are eating their food, and then all of a sudden, they quit eating it. And then people started doctoring it up because they're finicky eaters. Well, I'll dare you walk away from your dish. But believe it or not, during that, the dogs and the cats are actually saying, hey, there's something wrong with this food. But then by you doctoring up, boy, then they dove right back into it. And so that's why that was one of the, the main things with the melian poison that people noticed that their dog and cat quit eating. And then, like I said, then they felt bad when they were doctoring up. Then the dog could not smell the problem or the cat. And uh, then I wound up dying from the melamine poisoning. So that's why, you know, pay attention as far as is, is you just kind of you're feeding the same thing all the time or is there something wrong with the food? Because at any time, any food, just like in the human world, can be, you know, not good. You can get a candy bar that maybe sat in the sun and is all white. You no, know, can't buy that. Uh, you get an orange, you crack it open, and it's kind of dry in the inside. So that's the whole thing is, is that, you know, dogs can't say, hey, there's something wrong with this food. They say that by walking away from the dish. But you've got to know whether it's a finicky or if it's because you've been feeding the same thing all the time or if there's something truly where the dog is a, not a picky eater. I mean, you mean he can eat anything but the the kitchen sink, and but he's walking away from his dish. There's a problem with food. So maybe buy another bag, see what's what's going on. All right. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You got a good... Hello, hello, person on the other side of glass. <laughs> sorry. That we have, we have things to do. <laughs> okay, in the past, uh, yeah, Bluebell's juice was used as food, paint, glue, 
poison. In the past, bluebells juice was used as, and we'll be back. We're back. Yay. Boy, I'll tell you, today went pretty fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? I see you come back. All is right with the universe, and time just flies. Yeah, right. So, anyway. <laughs> okay, in the past, bluebells juice was used as a food, a paint, glue, or poison. Uh, let's go paint. It was a glue. Bluebells smell nice and look amazing, but they weren't, they were. But they weren't um, only used for decorations. Actually, bluebells were very important for um, winning the war in the mid in the medieval wars. Oh. Since their juice was used as the glue for fastening the flight feathers on arrows. Oh, really? Yeah. Then they go. Who knew? Bluebells juice is glue. Interesting. But I bet you they smell good going through the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Who's up? All right. So we have Brenda on the line, and she has a dietary question. I know I'm too fat. I got to go on a diet. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> hi there. How you doing? Hello. Oh, we lost. Oh, Brenda, are you there? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about a dietary thing. Okay. Okay. First <laughs> off, um, Katie K9, thank you so much for, for being on the air for so long. Love well, you, love you, love you. Thank you so much for your kind words. And absolutely. And um, I know you've talked about chicken grit in the past mm-hmm. for, um, versus instead of using the salt. Yep. And I'm wondering, I, have, I'm not, I just bought my second bag. Okay. And the first one was chicken. And this one, I thought, oh, my dog's a little chihuahua mix, and he's got littler feet, and he's... So I got the chick grit. Is that... Did I do wrong? Because uh, there's chicken grit number one, two, and three. Okay? okay. And ch- chicken grit number one is really, really fine. Okay? okay. And then chicken grit number two is more like... C- kind of looks like little triangles. Little tiny chips of rock is what it looks okay. like. Okay. And then chicken grit number three is a bigger... It's more of a... A little pebble is what it is. And there's also what's called, chicken grit number two is also called traction grit when you buy it at the hardware store. They call it traction grit, and they usually sell it like in 25 pounds, whereas at the feed mill when you get the chicken grit, it's usually uh, 50 pounds. So, okay. you know, so that's what it is. Because what it is is just the basically that you don't slip. Because obviously they were too big, you know, that chicken grit number three. That'd be too big. It, it wouldn't stop you. Now, it's chicken grit number two, you know, works great. But then on the the finer one, chicken one, it just depends on the ice. That helps also. So it just it just depends. Okay, so since I made the mistake of getting the evidently the number one, uh-huh. I should probably get a number two and kind of mix them together. Would that? Oh, be you could do idea? that. Yeah, that, that'd be great. That'd be really okay. good. Yeah, no problem. Cause okay. It, cause my you don't, next question, and yeah. I'm sorry, I thought of another one. Oh, when, that's fine. When I was on hold. Um, my next one is that. I have my little dog, he's almost 14, Mm -hmm. and he likes to stare at me immensely when I'm sitting in my chair eating when I'm home, and he's underfoot a lot. Is there anything that I can do about that? Well, when you're ready to eat, you know, because my guess is that there's been some times during the year that you've shared at the time you were eating, (laughs) and so that creates the beggar (laughs) to sit and stare you down, will you please share? (laughs) And so what I usually do is I always, when I'm going to eat, you know, Gilligan is either downstairs or in his kennel so that I can eat in peace. And then when I go, I'm going to the sink, okay, then he's learned that I'll sometimes hit what I, you know, like to lick the plate off. I, I will put it on the counter and then I'll go do something. And so then he's sniffing down below and blah, blah, blah. And then when he least expects it, then I go back and then I'll, I'll call him and I'll put the plate down. So he doesn't see me like quit finish eating and then... 
he gets the routine then runs to where I would put the plate down. He's not sure when it's going to come. It's, he doesn't associate me eating and him getting that plate anymore. All right. And so, so should I be putting him in a, in the kennel then when I'm eating? That's what I would do. I would put him in a kennel so he can't give you the stare down because who can not, who, who can resist that, right? I and know. So, right. Um, and so that's why you're just better off. You know, mom's, mom's going to eat. You just settle down. I'll get back to you in a little bit. And then when you get mm-hmm. done eating, then you're going to maybe put, if you lick, let him lick the plate, then what you want to do is just put the plate on the counter, let him out, and just kind of like, he'll probably run over by the sink. He knows your routine. And then when he seems insensitive, he's going to check the floor for crumbs. And then when he seems Inter- in, disinterested, like maybe you went and got a glass of water, or now you're onto another room. Then kind of come back, and then call him, and then put the dish down on the on the floor if you want him to lick off the plate. Okay, but he, now he doesn't associate it that it was because you just got done eating, and then you let him out of the out of the kennel because they can they know our routines almost better than we know our routines. <laughs> I know, and so that's why. So if you want to <laughs> disrupt that, then it, you know disrupt it. Whereas it doesn't, he doesn't associate one thing for the other thing. Okay. okay. Awesome. Because yeah, and you... then the, the third question I had was, um, um, I had him in, and I forget for what, and they and the that told me, oh, he needs some teeth taken out. Okay. And he had six teeth taken out. Okay. And so he he um, recommended these tartar things that um, they sold there. Hmm? Well, they don't smell like anything decent. They yeah. smell like ugh. And um, he. Uh, and like the the other food, you know, that you said that, you know, they ate it for a few days and then yep. they don't want anymore. Yep. After about a week or so of giving him like a third of this piece of one, he and he'd chew it when he went bedtime when we went to bed. But now he's not really interested in them. What's the, you and you had mentioned before about getting the bone of the butcher. But um what size should I get for his tiny little mouth? I right. Mean, a little chihuahua guy. Yeah. Well, he's so little. That's really tough. bone. you can get like a. Uh, a lamb bone, lamb bones, or you have to ask your butcher if he can get them for you. Okay, okay. because they, those are the ones I had to get Gilligan and, and Ethel because they're, you know, a fraction of the size of the, of the cow bones. Okay. Right. And so that's what I did, lamb bones, because they come in different sizes too. Um, also too, you can get, uh, you could take like a little piece of gauze and wrap it around either your baby finger or whatever finger and then just kind of go in the side of the mouth and just kind of go back and forth. You know, don't you don't have to go through the whole mouth at one time. Uh, they also have this little brush that puts you can put on your baby finger or your oh, any finger. It's it, the one I've got is kind of greenish, kind of turquoise. It's got all these little tiny little brushes on it. They're just uh-huh. rubber brushes, and and so now I, I use that, and Gilligan tolerates that. And so that's why, so that way you're kind of brushing the teeth and, you know, getting that layer of, you know, of tartar off, but uh-huh. without, yeah, and like I said, you don't have to sit down and do the whole mouth at one time. You know, if you you only do it when the dog is tired, okay? Don't do it the first thing in the morning because it ain't going to work. <laughs> but just get the dog used to your finger going in and just kind of going chink, chink and done. Okay, and then maybe then you do the bottom teeth, chink, chink, and you're done. You know, back, forth, and then done. And then another time, back, forth done and so then he's because being that he's losing teeth here all right that's gonna uh, disrupt also how he chews and so uh, yeah and so that's why what what i would do more so to try to brush them in a way either with gauze wrapped around your finger or one of those little brushes okay i don't like the brushes can you hold on we gotta we gotta run the break so hold on don't 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 hang up okay uh let's see there is a garden full of poisonous plants in england true or false We'll be back. All right, then. There is a garden full of poisonous plants in England. True or false? 
It's got to be true. It is. This garden is not for a romantic walk with a girlfriend. <laughs> the Alwick Gardens in uh, comply by Alwick Castle in Northumberland. Nor- I practice this and now I'm messing it up. <laughs> Northumberland, Thumberland, England. Uh, it exhibits deadly plants as well as many narcotic plants like marijuana. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so there you go. There's a garden full of poison plants. Let me, Marticia probably runs that of the Adams family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to Brenda. Yep. Brenda, are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank there you. There you go. You betcha. You betcha. Okay, what were you, when I, I had to get to a break, what were you saying oh. then? Awesome. Um, I was wondering, do you need to put any pet toothpaste on there, or can you just use your plain? I don't. What I do sometimes, you know, like maybe every other, every third time, because I don't do it every day. You know, I just do it maybe two times, three times a week. You know, I putz with his teeth. But you could put, um, like, make a little tiny paste of baking soda, okay, oh. and then put that on it. But not a lot. You know, you just got small teeth here, okay, so not a lot. Don't cake is mouthful of baking soda but they do have uh you know baking or um toothpaste for dogs that have you know beef flavor or whatever type thing uh, i tried the toothbrush a couple of times and to me it was a pain in the butt because a dog wanted to chew on it and then yeah and i'm having he's trying to chew while i'm trying to brush <laughs> so i just found by using my fingers with a little bit of gauze and going back and forth, I thought that worked good. And then these finger brushes, those I think work really nice too. So instead of using the actual toothbrush, because there are some dogs that will let you, and they almost smile like, got it? You got it? <laughs> but anyway, and so that's why you just got to, and the, the whole thing is, is just do baby steps. Don't sit down and try to get it all done at one time. Just, you know, one side, one day, one, the other side, upper, lower. You know, and just kind of, and sometimes if you're lucky because you got a small mouth, not you, the dog. <laughs> no, but anyway, that you know, sometimes you can actually with both one finger get both, you know, both, you know, at the top and the bottom on one side. And then don't forget to get the gums too, though, not just the teeth, because the gums are are very important in it. Okay, and we have to work um, outside and the inside of the teeth, just like like we do on our own. It's up to yourself, you know. At least if you can get the outside, that's great, you know. But just okay. baby step it, you know. So then pretty soon the kid dog could care less if your finger is in his mouth, and then you can pretty okay. near do anything and things. That's great. Just don't oh, gag them awesome. though. <laughs> okay. You are awesome. Thank well, you so thank much. You. I appreciate it, and I hope you have the best of. Oh, Valentine's Day, and, and in case I can't call in the re- or don't oh, well. need anything to call in for the rest of the year, Aww. have a great every holiday. Well, thank you. Thank you. Back at you. Bye-bye. And stay healthy. Thank you. you Bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye, Brenda. That was very nice. Yeah, that was really sweet. we got sweet. such nice listeners. It's so awesome. Okay, who's up next? All right. So we have Julie on the line, and she has a raw diet question. All right. Hi, Julie. How you doing? I'm great, Katie. How are you? Good, good. What can I do for you? So I have a three-and-a-half-year-old black lab who uh, is has COVID-10 or 15, I think. She's overweight, even though she's very active mm-hmm. and, um, you know, still an energetic puppy-ish. Mm-hmm. But so my friend suggested putting her on a raw diet, mm-hmm. and I've been doing some research, and I've, you know, seen different versions of, you know, give them half kibble and half the raw, mm-hmm. or just another website said, Skip a meal and go straight to the raw. Okay. And I'm wondering what your recommendation every, is. Every dog is different. And obviously input, uh, output. Uh, the, the big thing, like cats and dogs, 
And it happens in humans too. Some people are more carb sensitive than others. You know, somebody can eat boxes and boxes of potato chips and, <laughs> and it doesn't show up anywhere. And one person has a half a box and it shows up everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Cause that person is more carb sensitive. And so uh, dogs and cats, uh, uh, there's a lot of cars are, re- uh, cats are really carb sensitive. Carb sensitive means is that if you give any kind of carb, it's going to go straight to the hips. All right. So the, the big, best thing that you can do, obviously, you got to cut back what you feed, you know, how the amount. But mm-hmm. what you want to do is, uh, I t- when people are trying to get weight off of dogs, especially, I, I say go, uh, uh, whatever you call it, go raw and then go dehydrated. Okay, dehydrated is like a- army rations, and all oh, you yeah. do is add water because it's a fraction of the carbs compared to dry food. All right? So you can, uh, but now at any change, you always got to rotate it in. You can't just pull one away and then give another one because then you're going to run a chance with getting the runs, okay? Yeah. And so that's. I didn't think that was a good idea. Yeah, no, because it's a very seldom, very few dogs can do that where you take one away and then it, and there's no problem. <laughs> you know, whereas you just go one from the other. And so with. And cats take change hard, so you got to always rotate that in. But um, how many. How many pounds? Because you don't feed according to what the dog weighs. You remember what the dog looked good at, okay? And then yeah. and then feed according to that, but then cut that back. How old is the dog? She'll be four in May. Okay, she was one. She was thirteen months when we got her, and she weighed fifty pounds. And then she matured a little bit, um, but she's up to sixty nine. Oh, like. That's a big growth. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she should be a 60-ish kind yeah. of weight. Yep. Um, oh, good. I'm proud of you for uh, doing this. And, and so what you want to do, though, is that you can, because when a dog, in the dog world, you know, like the, in the human world, when we start menopause, man, our bodies just go wackadoodle. <laughs> we got places where we never knew that they could put fat, okay? But the thing is, is that, and that's what happens when dogs get three years old, they're, they are done growing, and all you need to do is maintain. And so usually whatever you fed them up to a three-year-old, a three-year mark, when they get three and better, you literally cut the food in half. And that's what you feel. Yeah, I've minimized her ration, but it's not coming off like right. I want it to. You know, right. someone told me feed them what you want them to weigh, not what the bag says. For exactly. What they weigh. Yeah, very good. Yep. No, that's I good. Like that. But yeah, it is. But so then, what you're going to do if the input? Now, how hard have you? I mean, how long have you been trying to get weight off the dog? Um, just a few months. I think we, you know, I I bought some a bag of you know low, whatever weight loss food, and it, it just says you know. Two and a half instead of three cups. I'm like, well, that's just less. It's not a special food. It's right. Right, because yeah, yeah, because you want the weight to come off going some raw, and then also like freeze dry, uh, not freeze dry, dehydrated. I use Bravo because it also has like green bees and green beans and such like that in there, and good you know stuff. And I just like the, their their formula because it's yeah. Where do you get that Bravo? Uh, at any of your uh, like uh, uh, Pet Evolution, uh, let's see, uh, da, 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 Atlas Pet Supply, uh, any of your mom and pop shops. Okay. Uh, Chuck and Don's. Dehydrated. Yep, it's dehydrated. It's called Bravo. It's like Army rations. But there's a lot of them out there, but the, most of them are a potato base. And too much starch in a dog's diet is not good for them. They don't deal well with starch. So that's why right. I like the Bravo because they've got, you know, it's got the meat. It's got um, sweet potatoes, squash, green beans, cranberries. It's got a lot of good stuff in there. And so Yummy. Then, 
And so then what she does do is there again on the back, you know, because she's three years old and older, whatever they would tell you to feed a 60 pound dog and then cut that in half and go from there. Okay. And then feel okay. your dog once a week. Every, like I do mine every Sunday when I get home from the radio show. I stand Gilligan and then I run my hand from his shoulder along his ribs to his waist. Okay. And I want to be able to feel the casing of the ribs, but I should, yeah, I know that, but I should not have, have gaps in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, so you'll be able to see it right away when you just stand above her and look down. She's not a sausage right. from the shoulder to the butt, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, so a little so, bit of that, that I, it would be good. And just get off of all the processed food for right now. Okay. Because remember that all your processed food, dry food is at least 50 to 60% carbs. So you, it sounds like you have a carb sensitive dog. And, yeah. and, and what you can do too is that, uh, you can have a, a, a blood test done and then, but you have to ask for this, you, a thyroid test. Cause some dogs are hypo, you know, hypo means it's underactive thyroid. Hyper mm-hmm. means overactive. So overactive would be too thin a dog. Underactive would be too fat a dog. If it doesn't equal to what you're feeding, if you really are really genuine about what you're feeding and the weight is just kind of hanging in there, you know, then it's like maybe he's got a high, you know underactive thyroid. But give it another month before you start racing in and just see how it goes, okay? So skip the raw and go to the dehydrated. Oh, you can go to right. No, you can go, do some raw. Do some raw, too. Do a little bit of both. Do raw and that, okay? But just don't overfeed either one, okay? Because otherwise you're not going to... Was it dehydrated or freeze-dried? I'm writing it down now. No, freeze... You're gonna, no, you're going to do... The, you said the raw, mm-hmm. and then you're going to do dehydrated. Dehydrated is like army rations, okay? Yeah. Okay. And see, and then All the right. raw, like I say, just start out with giving like a pinch here and a pinch there so the dog gets used to the richness of it. And then just rotate things in so he doesn't get the runs, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm going to try something new. There okay. you go. And you're going to love it. <laughs> They're going to love it. But just All don't right. overfeed it because that's what's, you know, use a smaller bowl. So it doesn't yeah, look I like you have to add. a slow feed bowl. Okay, no, we so, don't. Yeah, we're not going to do a slow feed bowl anymore. We're gonna, she's going to have a bowl of her own. She okay. just inhales her food. Okay, yeah, but that, with kib, that kibble, that's bad because they're swallowing that nugget whole, and then now it's got to be rehydrated in their gut. And so, no, now you're feeding dehydrated, which you add water, and it turns into kind of like a stew, all right? Mm-hmm. And so they can eat that, and they don't have to rehydrate. The stomach won't rehydrate it because it already is rehydrated. You put water in it before you fed it, all yeah. right? And then with raw, it's raw. It's already got the moisture in it. All right. So, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so she can slam that. be okay. Where danger comes is if your dog slams the whole nugget and, has to re- and that nugget has to rehydrate in the gut. That is well, where. Yeah, that's why I put her on the slow bowl. Yep, so yep. She wouldn't I get that. Inhale. But now we don't care. Now we don't care. Believe it or not, she's going to like her food. <laughs> At first, she's going to, uh, you know, she might suck it down. But all of a sudden, you're going to see her being a little bit more dainty with it instead of sucking down the, like what she does her dry food. Okay. That would be good because. Yeah, I know it's way too fast. That's not good for her. Yeah, but the only, but like I say, if she sucks down as fast, you know, if she eats the dehydrated, the raw as fast, that's no problem. Okay. Because it's already been rehydrated. Her gut doesn't have to re, but if she eats dry food like that and slams it without eating it and then goes over and drinks a whole buttload of water to compensate for that dry matter, now that's dangerous because now it's rehydrating in the gut. All right. So that mm-hmm. causes a lot of stomach issues and a lot of stomach problems. But I think you're going to find that your dog is carb sensitive that, you know, when she starts eat, getting really good where you don't have any more dry food in her, uh, whatever, I think you're going to see her a lot more relaxed and start losing weight. And, she, and dinner will be a fun time, not a wolf time. Okay. Awesome. Okay. 
Great. Thank you so much. Okay, Carol, you have a great day. Thank you much. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, because, um, how do you say this? You know, people that are carb addicted in the people world, yeah. you can't just eat one potato chip. You know, you're eating more and more, and then pretty soon you're eating them fast. Yep, I have a okay. bad habit of that. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then also you're just smashing them down. Yeah. But when you are enjoying what you're eating and you're taking your time, you know, I mean, like, let's say you're eating lobster. You know, you just, it, I don't know how to explain it, but it does. The dogs learn to slow down once they get on, um, you know, a, uh, especially if they're not carb sensitive. So anyway, because the more carbs you eat, then the more you crave, correct? In the human world and in the dog world. You're, it seems like you're always hungry, that you never feel full. Mm-hmm. And so by, you know, I notice the difference if I don't have, I usually have two eggs for breakfast. And then maybe maybe a sausage or, or something like that. Um, uh, and if I just decide to just have a couple glasses of water, <laughs> and I'll catch you at lunch. Yep. <laughs> By the time I get to uh, uh, lunch, I am I'll eat anything. I don't care. Just <laughs> yep. give it to me. I'm starving. But you know, if you start out the day right, you know, eating good stuff, you know, you stay full. You're not as and that's the same thing that's going to happen to the dogs. So, okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. Most of the fresh cut flowers in the United States comes from Pennsylvania, California, Minnesota, or New York. We'll be back. All right, we're winding her down another week. And we're getting down there to the wire, and then we can't listen here you for till next week. Okay, most of the fresh cut flowers in the U- U.S. come from Pennsylvania, California, Minnesota, or New York. Maybe California. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. California is not only the famous for trees, but also for flowers. When it comes to flower production, California is the number one in the United States. Almost 60% of fresh cut flowers are grown in California. Oh. 60%. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. But then they're having all those fires in California. Probably not helping too much. I don't think so. Okay, let's take the last question. <laughs> All right. So we have Jill on the line, and she has a question on arthritis. And arthritis. Dogs. All right. Hi, yeah. Jill. Oh, can you hear me? You betcha. I can hear you now. Okay. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my question. Well, you I bet. have um, a 12 and a half year old American bulldog. He's a big boy. He's 95 pounds. My. And yeah, he's um, just recently really been suffering from arthritis in mm-hmm. his back legs. Yep. And I was just wondering if you had any recommendations on how to keep him comfortable. We've been doing a heating pad. He seems to like that, mm-hmm. but just anything else you could suggest. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would strongly suggest a raised bed. Okay. So that he is not laying directly on his joints. Oh, okay. okay. And so that, um, and you can, if you look online, you can see what I'm talking about. Mine are okay. like, the, it's PCV pipe, and then it has the netting on it yeah. that is like an outdoor furniture. And then okay. I would just put a bed on top of that. You okay. know, because uh, Zelda, she liked the bed, and then sometimes she just, I had to like, uh, I, when I go to garage sales, i always looking for uh, like blankets that I can use for dog beds or cow beds, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Something I don't want, but you know, it's a buck, what the heck? <laughs> but anyway, and so then th- that would be huge right there. Also, too, for if you feel the dog is in any pain, I would strongly recommend Boswellia, B-O-S-W-E-L-L-I-A. Okay. Because that's for pain, it takes inflammation out. So for your size, that size of dog, I think you can probably go up to like 1,500 milligrams. 
Baswellza? No, Baswellia. B-O-S. Okay. <laughs> yep. B-O-S-W-E-L-L-I-A. Okay. It's from the frankincense tree. Okay. okay. And it's good for you, too. You know, if you have, instead of taking aspirin, grab some Boswellia. Okay. Uh, humans could take up, I think, till four, 3,000 or 4,000 a day, if I'm not mistaken, milligrams. Okay. But anyway, and what okay. did you recommend for? Uh, about 1,500. You can go up. Don't just start with that. Start out with 500 and build. Okay. Okay. And then you can go to a health food store and get Boswellia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another thing with the Boswellia is joint uh, with uh, in humans and in animals, whether it's dogs or cats or horses, is uh, joint supplement. MSM is really important. Mom, okay. si- mom, Sam, mom. Okay. okay. And then chondroitin is very important. Okay. And a lot of people do, you know, do the glucosamine, but glucosamine isn't as helpful as the MSM and the uh, chondroitins. Okay. Okay. Now I, I yeah. And so you can go, you could, you know, uh, I usually get mine from springtimeinc.com. Mm-hmm. springtimeinc.com otherwise you can try your local you know health food stores because you can also use you know human things whatever it tells you for humans yep okay you could well because you have a 90 pound dog <laughs> mm-hmm. that you could pretty give them exactly for a human what it says for okay. a human but that usually the rule of thumb is you know like especially with smaller dogs you cut it in half mm-hmm. okay what they says for a human so but because you have a 100 pound dog printer i would yep. just whatever it says for a human do it okay Okay, well, great. Those are really helpful. I haven't... But what you got to remember to do is ease into it. Just don't all of a sudden start paying them with it, okay? Take about a week to ease into whatever you're going to get. And then I'm not sure, but you can check vitalplanet.com and see if they've got any MSM. But see, that's right. Springtime has got a really good joint supplement for both horses and dogs that I really like. Yeah, and so... Because that's the biggest thing. And then some fish oil. Obviously, that's good. But, you know, like for the pain... This mm-hmm. Boswellia is really good instead of giving aspirin. And then raised bed is huge uh, okay. to get uh, the dog off its joints. And then uh, I don't care how many. Some people, because they don't want the raised bed because they're kind of awkward and they don't have it. You can get really a thick piece of foam, you uh-huh. know, like foam that you would put like on a couch that you, you know, a poster and put on a couch. Mm-hmm. Get a real thick piece because the main thing is get his their joints off that floor. Yeah. So that they're not like when they go to get up, you know, they, they, they go on to their elbows to pick up themselves and bring their back end up underneath them, you know, type. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and then don't do any more uh, throwing the ball. Lob right. the ball, but don't throw the ball. Yeah, right. he's a bulldog, so there's never been interest in a ball. Okay, yeah, well, I don't know. There are some dogs that bulls that had that have have done that, so that's yeah. you know no problem. But that's the main thing. You need to give it, you know get them exercise, but short walks. Yep. more often, and you know because you don't want him. To, you know you need to keep him. You know his joints going, but by getting a good joint, you know supplement. And then obviously the fish oil and then the Boswellia for pain. I think, you know, you, you would work out pretty good for, for him. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. That's very helpful. Okay, good, good. Good luck. Okay, thank you Have so much. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. There we go. Yeah, Boswellia for both humans. And, you know, I took some the other day. And um, <laughs> are you Catholic? Uh, Yeah. Okay, well, I know, kind of probably like me is like, eh, don't go that often. Yeah. <laughs> I was growing up, I had to go every every Sunday, you know, with um, catechism and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But anyway, I always hated when the priest would do that, 
frankincense clicker, you know, the that's in the the can, and he walked down the aisle. Oh, the you know, smelly ching, stuff. Ching, yeah, oh, you know, ching, ching, and that, that's frankincense that. and myrrh that's in there. Oh, okay. okay. And I remember that. I remember one time I was sitting too close to the end. He came by. And it almost seemed like it got onto my tongue. Oh. And it was just like, bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> okay. And anyway, so then um, when I started, when I learned about Boswellia, <laughs> it's made for the frankincense tree. And so every oh. once in a while, if you hold it in your, lo- your mouth too long before you swallow it, you, there's a hinge of that frankincense. And it's just oh. like, oh. <laughs> But no. anyway, so it's, yeah, but it, it's well worth it, you know, instead of taking that instead of aspirin. But um, and like I said, it's just so natural. It's just it's pretty cool. Okay. But anyway, so yeah. But I still I still doubt like them. My now that's on my tongue. <laughs> the, Whereas that the, the, the powder, the frankincense, yeah, and we're, yeah, that I absolutely hated the smell. <laughs> oh of that. gosh, yeah. I would just then I start covering. You know, I always you know. I, oh, here he comes! I gotta cover my face. He started covering my face before I even knew it was you know in to cover your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, but uh, yeah. So hopefully you guys learned something uh, new uh, today. So I always appreciate you t- uh, tuning in. And now remember, listen to the first part of the show on that because of finicky eaters and. Uh, you rotate, rotate, rotate. Don't listen to your vest when they say, oh, you're dead. bad for your dog. No, folks, it's right. Remember, dogs were put on the earth to be scavengers, to eat everything and anything, and never skip a beat. They need to have a variety. And then cut back on the food. Just don't give them so much. Cut back on that uh, finicky eaters. If you give them too many treats throughout the day, especially small dogs, you fill that stomach up. And now they're full in their treats, and they won't eat what's you know what should be good for. All right? And then also, too, we talked about last week a little bit about squeaker toys. I think it was last week. Is that if your dog, if you get a squeaker toy and your dog rips it up in zero point two seconds, don't do that again. Get them toys that do not make a noise. You know, like the Kong toys, like bento balls, s rubber things. Because the thing is, is that most dogs hate the squeaker sound. That's why they will turn their head and you know, like what? Give me that thing. And so by give, keep giving them those cute toys and they're shredding them, you're teaching your dog to shred things, to rip things up, to destroy them. So don't do that. And now squeaker toys, get those squeakers. Because like if you're out on a walk or whatever and if your dog gets away from you, squeak that toy. They'll automatically turn their head go and then start moving the way you need to. Start, you know, kind of scooching and go, come on, let's go. You got is a, the squeaker toys, the squeakers themselves are really good head turners to get the dog's attention, you know, back to you. But, but a major head up, don't give your dog continuously... Like, how long is this one going to last before he rips it up? That's the wrong mentality. You're teaching your dog to be destructive. Don't do that. Try the Kong family. There's so many toys out there that don't make a sound that the dog will happily carry around and not shred. So I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you. I'm glad to have you back. You did awesome. We didn't have to retrain you. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll listen to, we'll see you next week. And don't hide your dogs, train them. Go to mytalk1071.com to listen to my past shows or to go to my Facebook page. We'll see you later. Happy trip.